never slow up No, I don't take shit I got no love For the fakeness If you wanna play tough And wanna hate this I'll always show up Good evening, everybody. Welcome to your Thursday night episode of Talking Elite here at the All Elite Zone podcast. Uh, me, as always, I am the bearded wonder, Adam Glexi, your host, your guide, your spiritual leader in these Thursday night shows. Uh, first of all, thank you guys for joining us tonight on Thursday. Uh, you know, tonight we're very excited because we're going back to the beginning. This is going to be really exciting for us. Uh, I know I'm excited for us. I, I know uh, Connor's excited for it. Uh, so we're, we're going to get into it. Uh, but first, again, let me introduce you guys to the panels tonight. Uh, coming all the way from the great state of Texas, uh, home of the greatest wrestling family, the Von Eriks. Uh, everybody's favorite, Marky Mark, Marky Mark, Marky Mark, Mark, everybody. What's up, y'all? Man, I'm glad to be joining the Talking the Elite tonight. I, I know I don't get to join on these too often, and then I did miss last night's uh, uh, Dynamite episode, but I'm interested in getting this uh, this topic. I know we got a good one tonight, talking about some old-school AEW, which I think everybody loves, and I'm going to send it right back over to you, Ev. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Yes, uh, I'm very excited, and uh, uh, very excited for you to join us tonight on tonight's episode, man, because, I mean, this is basically going back in history, you know, and uh, it, we're very excited for it. Um, and then also with us tonight, it's our favorite producer. Again, I say this so many times, but without him, this show wouldn't be what it is today. He does a lot of the stuff behind the scenes. We have to give him a lot of love for it. He's everyone's favorite producer of this podcast. Everybody, please welcome Mr. Connor Hayes. Uh, thanks for the two weeks in a row with the great induction. Uh <laughs> Look, I shouldn't take all the credit as a lot of you guys just never would have kickstarted. But uh, yeah, this should be a good uh, episode. It's hard to, it's really hard to hear that we're talking about old school AEW. Just like just started a few days ago. Like we're, like we're like four, almost five years in. Yeah, um, it's amazing because we, we talk about that. We talk about longevity of a company. You know, we talk about the longevity of just professional wrestling. Um, and you know, when this started back in 2019, a lot of people thought, what is this company? You know, is it going to last? Um, but it's still around and it, it's crazy to think about that. And here we are. And again, Connor, I'm, I'm sincere about that with you saying that it is a lot of us, but honestly, man, like I wouldn't have discovered this podcast if you hadn't invited me on Facebook, man. So I'm very excited that I got to be a and, part of it, you know? And let me, let me pick you back off of you off of that. Like, yeah, if it wasn't. For me, uh, you know, I, I was, you know, a lonely watcher of AEW, and I said, "Man, I want to watch a podcast." And I and and I I reached out to Connor and said, "Hey, man, like, what's up? Like, uh, you know, can I get on this podcast?" And it took me a little while, but yeah. you know, uh, Connor knew that I, you know that I I could you know talk some senses to some people, and <laughs> but if it wasn't for Connor, I would I wouldn't be here right now. And yeah, of course, all 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 do goes to Connor for sure. I uh, yeah, because I am, I'm nothing without Connor. If I was if Connor wasn't here, I wouldn't be here. So, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, no. So, uh, I, and honestly, Connor, thank you for that. Um, but yes, we uh, for tonight. If anybody is not knowing, tonight we are going way way back to 2019. We are going back to the very first episode of AEW Dynamite, uh, which had premiered on October 2nd, 2019. 
in Washington, D.C. at the Capital One Arena. Now, before we jump back too far, let's let's start a little bit. Uh, let's do a little bit of a recap yesterday of uh, Dynamite. Uh, for anybody who's seen it, uh, if you're not, if you haven't seen it yet, you can mute, um, but continue watching. Um, but uh, for last night's episode of Dynamite, I, I honestly thought it was very riveting. I, I think it was very interesting. I don't think it was their best episode, um, a, a little bit, but it was a good episode still. Um, there were some good moments of uh, of it last night. Um, I guess I'll start with you, Mark. What, what I mean, what's one thing from last night's episode uh, that you thoroughly enjoyed about? Oh my God! I mean, well, I, I have to say that the storylines that were that were progressed um, throughout the night, uh, and then and then we got some more like different storytelling with. I had to enjoy like the Adam Cole, I mean, uh, uh, Adam Page and, and MJF, the interactions backstage. And then the whole Joe thing, I, I'm kind of interested in this whole Joe thing being like a, like a big brother type to MJF now. Like he's like, he's like seriously like concerned. He doesn't want him to do anything stupid. He wants to make sure that he's healthy and ready to go for the main event, right? At World's End. And he's like intervening and he's He's ready to take on all the devil, you know, worshipers or whatever the hell they want to call themselves. Um, but the devil storyline has been the one thing. I'm, and then, of course, Swerve and 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 Mox, uh, they, they set this thing up for next week that we're going to have a winners. And these two guys are where it looked like they were the two ones that we were going to see go for that for that title of. Uh, the gold or what is it? The blue or is it the blue or gold? Is it blue? Blue. I think they're the blue. They're, they're in, blue. They're gold. No, they're in the gold oh. division. They're gold. So yeah. yeah. So I, I figured like it was gonna be them too from the beginning. When we saw the when we saw the, you know, the cheat sheet of who was gonna be, it looked like it was gonna be them too. So, so next week's episode is like setting that up, and I like how they set that up that they had something backstage. And um, and of course, I mean, we can't forget about that main event. I know there's been a lot of backlash about what happened on that main event uh, with Nick Wayne's mom. Uh, I was okay with it. I'm not going to go too much into that, but I know the only reason I won't go too much into that is because I know that's going to set up another match for World's End, obviously. Um, so I, I won't get into that match, but I'll just go into the things that were detailed and Rio coming back. Um, I know I wasn't one thing, but I, I liked a lot of things about last night's episode. It was so great. I, I it was one of the funnest episodes that I've ever enjoyed. There were so many good matches, so many good storylines. It was really one of like one of my favorite uh, dynamites of the uh, towards the end of the year for sure. Yeah, no, I you you touched all the points that you know honestly you could with that episode last night. Obviously, we're getting a, some good matches weekly with the with the Continental Classic tournament. Um, so yeah, no, you, you touched upon it pretty well. Connor, what's, um, what's one thing you'd want to take away from last night's episode is some positives, some negatives. I mean, what, what was your view on yesterday's episode? Uh, I thought they had a very good women's match, uh, Tony Storm and Sky Blue. Uh, I'm glad Tony retained. Uh, I like that Riho came back. Uh, I'm assuming they're going to set up for Tony and Riho at World's End maybe, or Winner's Coming. Uh, that was one of the things I liked. I liked the... A lot of stories were progressing, it felt, uh, especially with the MJF and uh, the Devil. They had a backstage promo that MJF's promo with uh, Hangman, that Smoke Joe's thing. They had, like, it was just an all-involving thing with that one story. 
Uh, and of course, the, uh, my, my, my favorite like Continental Classic match was probably, uh, I was it Swerved and Mark Briscoe, I believe it was. That was my favorite match because I really thought Mark Briscoe was going to pull out a win. But uh, I thought the match from the Continental Classic was good. But the w- one thing I liked the most was the women's match. Yeah, I, I'm totally agree with you on that. Um, I think that might have been one of Sky Blue's better showings in a title match. Um, I mean, obviously we knew she wasn't going to win, but the fact that she put on a really good showing against Tony Storm, um, I, I actually thoroughly enjoyed that match very much so. Um, and obviously the return of Rio, the, uh, obviously we'll talk about it tonight, but the very first, uh, AEW women's champion returned last night. Um, and so that was a cool return. Um, and obviously the continental classic is amazing. Uh, you're getting solid matches every week with that tournament. And, um, honestly, I, I was up there with you, Connor. I, I felt like that, uh, Briscoe swerve match was really good back and forth. Um, and, um, honestly, I, I kind of knew swerve was going to win setting up this great match. He's going to have with Mox next week. Um, but I would also say the other continental classic match that I thoroughly enjoyed, believe it or not, was Jay lethal versus, uh, um, Jay white. Uh, I honestly thought, that was a really good technical match. Um, both guys uh, just giving it their all in, in the technicality of it. Um, I mean, obviously, Swerve, Briscoe, and Mox, and Roosh, they were hard-hitting matches. But with Lethal and Jay, they were they were technical. They were doing all these things. It, it was the Ring of Honor kind of days, which is where they had their one of their first matches. Um, so I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I That's one of the aspects I like about AEW is bringing back you know, even in Ring of Honor days of some of these guys wrestling each other, kind of intertwining it into the stories. Um, obviously, we got a progression of the devil story with MJF's mojo leading up to World's End. Um, and obviously, the crazy main event that, yes, a lot of people are complaining about, but it progresses the story. And we talk about that when wrestling. We want the story to progress. We don't want it to sit stale. Um, so obviously, you know, there is some buildup with, with, uh, Nick Wayne's mom, Shayna, um, you know, basically, you know, hitting Adam Copeland, you know, and this is going to probably set up a match at world's end, probably just to end it all and possibly give Adam Copeland the title, because obviously they're not going to change the title. They've done it numerous times on the show, but I think they're building with this story most likely would be paid off on a pay-per-view. Um, so I, I actually thought yesterday's episode was, was okay. was good. Um, I would probably give it an eight out of 10, maybe a 7.8 out of 10, somewhere in that range. Um, but obviously there's much more to go, obviously with, you know, rampage tomorrow and uh collision on Saturday. Um, so, but you know, other than that, uh, I, I think we had a really good episode, um, really building towards the world's end card. Uh, which I think a lot of people are excited for. I know within the process, um, they're going to build more stories and matches for it. Um, but I also want to side note yesterday with the episode, I think the greatest underrated segment yesterday was Roderick Strong kicking the wheelchair, um, basically saying, I'm not going to use this as my, my, clutch, my, my clutch anymore, my crutch, as to say. Um, which is great. And they announced uh, last night that next week on Dynamite, uh, Roderick Strong is wrestling uh, Hangman Page. Uh, so I, I don't think we've had that match yet in AEW. Um, so I, I think it will be a really good match. Um, I think I'm actually excited for that match. 
and so again, we got winter is coming next week. Uh, so we're, we're gearing up for that too. Um, so mm, sorry, I got to drink my water, but, um, but yeah, no. So last night, um, it was a good show. Uh, Connor, I kind of missed the live reaction to it. Uh, what would you give in this? What'd you give score wise? For I give it a, uh, yeah, seven point eight. I think, so either seven point five or seven point eight. Uh, it was. I've got to mention the main event. I completely forgot about the main event. I thought the match itself was really, really good. They both hit their finishers. Uh, Dude, that, I, no, 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 my bad, Connor. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, so like they both hit their finishers, and uh, despite the ending. Which kind of seemed like a WCW ending, but it was a really good match in itself. And I kind of wanted Christian to win so they could have a really – it's kind of like Punk and MJF. They had the one match on Dynamite. Uh, MJF wanted that the pay-per-view that an even better match than the dog collar match. So I think at World's End we'll get a ladder or a cage match with Christian and Edge. Yeah, that 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 that, that, that match was so good. I, I'm telling you, I don't think I've ever seen – in the history of the of, of how I've been watching wrestling, I don't know, 25, 28 years I've been watching wrestling, and I've never seen two guys hit a spear at the same time. That to me yeah. like blew my yeah. mind. Like that's when I went, holy shit! I'm, I'm, I'm damn, I'm my bad. I should say, oh, but holy crap! You know when I saw that because that had to have hit their shoulders like clean, and I was just like, dang! I was like, that had to have hurt. I never seen that before, and that's what I love about this match I, I was kind of seeing some things. I don't, yeah, I think I saw a couple of things from Christian that, I mean, uh, from edge that I wasn't seeing, um, before. And he was pulling off some like really good things. That match was really good. Yeah. That ending was, it wasn't terrible, but it was just, um, it was just, I, I think Nick's way kind of like ruined it. Uh, cause you could see, she was, uh, uh, Christian was having to tell her, look at me, look at me, because she kept looking at Edge. And it was supposed to be that she was supposed to be looking at Christian the whole time and then go and hit Edge. And I think that kind of ruined it for people because it was like, oh, we already know what you're doing. And then you could see Edge when the camera went to cut to Edge, uh, to Christian. Christian was like, look at me, look at me. You're supposed to be looking at me, right? To, to take uh, the thing off of Edge so that you know that we're that you do something crazy. That's the whole point of doing these crazy endings is, is it supposed to be a surprise? But the fact that she kept looking at edge the whole time or Adam kept looking at Adam the whole time, you could tell, Oh, like, at, like when I was watching it, I was like, Oh man, I was like, he's, he, she's going to hit. Adam. And then he looked, she looked at, at Christian and I was like, she's not going to hit Christian. I was like, she already, I already knew, but you know, those are like thousand things. Like you know, that was my that's my Wayne. That's my main critique out of the whole show was that it's just that little thing of it should have been a little bit more exciting at the end because I don't mind that. I don't mind that because after what Edge did to her son, you know, smashing the chair over his head, you know, like that. I mean, any mom would be pissed off at the dude that ever did that, no matter how the son is right because that's their natural born a, a guy just coming and be a a savior isn't you know always that thing but i, I don't know I, I i just i just felt like she just she gave it away too soon that's my only thing if it wasn't for that it, that would have been a, a great great match uh, and a great ending so so another question about last night real quick before we move on to tonight's topic uh, i don't know if any of you guys caught it 
snafu on commentary when Shivani actually accidentally said WCW <laughs> instead of AEW. Uh, he was trying to talk about guys like on the roster, but he says the WCW roster, and Taz had it corrected saying, well, there's also guys in the AEW roster, but I know what you're talking about, Tony. Like, I don't know if you guys caught that. Do you guys think there's a time where older generational commentators need to start kind of rebrushing and kind of like, I don't know. It just, it kind of threw me off because I heard it. Like, did he just say WCW? And then when I heard Taz say AEW, I go, he's corrected him live on air. And that seems to be a little with the IWC community that that's those little things like irks them and they want to go. Do you guys think that they could probably do a better job on working with the announcers, even though they're, they're getting older? I mean, JR, I mean, but the thing is, JR has been like nonstop on this for the past like few years, poor guy. And because at the beginning, he wasn't like this. So I don't know if it's just like older with age, you just start forgetting, you just like it, it it's your mind. Well, um, also, Mark, because- Mark, you have to remember, you also have to remember JR also had a couple of medical issues with him. So a, a little bit that does mess with with the, the with the the brain yeah. membrane and yeah. all that yeah. psych psyche because you know he has the palsy and then you know he's had strokes so it's yeah. like it, it does mess with that but i kind of see where you're going you get keep going sorry which is which is but yeah but yeah which is why i've never, I've never anything about jr making mistakes because of that but people call him out uh you know oh he did this he did that and i'm like calm down like the man yeah like i would be like he had a heart attack his wife died in the car accident like, give him a break, you know? Like, if he's still there, he's still doing a good enough job. I don't ever clown on JR. Um, but I'm just bringing up to your point. So what you're saying is that, yeah, I mean, there is something there, but I'm not I'm not too worried. Like, that stuff doesn't, like, bother me too much if somebody says something because, like, I'm trying to think about it. When did that happen? When, when did he say – when did Shivani say something about uh, WCW? Did I miss that? It was, it, was, it was during one of the Continental Classic matches. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know which one. Uh, and I, Connor, I don't know if you remember which one it was, but it was during one of those matches. That I didn't even really say it till now. Yeah, no, he, That's yeah, no, it was during, I want to say it was during probably the first match. I think it might have been either during Roosh and Mox or it might have been during uh, Briscoe and Swerve. Because I, because I listened to the, I listened to the commentary, right? I mean, but I mean, and, 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 and the, the one thing is, is that when I do the show, we don't really listen to the commentary. We're too busy talking and we're watching the matches. So we don't even, we rarely hear anything that's on commentary, but I go, that's why I usually go back and I'll watch again. One for, I want to see the, the other matches again and then hear commentary. But rarely do I ever like pick poke and say, Oh, they should, why did he say this? And why did he say that? It's rare unless it's like something like out of the norm. Um, but the commentary, as long as it's decent, you know, during the show, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, critique it all that much so i'm not gonna be too bothered about it i don't know where you stand on that car the only thing that they should change is uh one commentator should not be on all three shows like tony shivani is now on all three shows dynamite rampage and collision now he should only be on one show and because you know sometimes a big workload like that on a it's a lot it's on an older person which i hate to say that about tony shivani but he is you know another person but I feel like they should only be on uh, keep Tony Schiavone on Dynamite or Collision, and then keep like everyone should be on one assigned show because 
I don't know how old Tony Schiavone is, but three shows is a big workload. That's five hours of TV. Uh, that can not be, to mention not to mention all the traveling and everything that you gotta be like if I was on old age. Like if I was on commentary, I would probably would have said, "Hey, we're the 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 WWE roster or something like that." Because like I couldn't imagine the workload. Like, and I did, believe Tony Schiavone is a producer as well, besides a commentator. So uh, that's the only thing I I feel like if they reduce the workload on, on some commentators, it would ease things up. That's just my opinion. Because they could, because because yeah, because it's true. Because they can only focus on what's on that show instead of worrying about oh, I got to worry about this show, that show, this show, and all the wrestlers that are on all the different shows. And yeah, of course, your mind's gonna get you know, you're gonna get a little mind boggled every here and there. You know, I mean, it's gonna happen to all of us eventually, right? Like we're all gonna get old. We're all gonna like mess up things. I, I'm sure when I get older, I'm gonna say. You know, AEW, and I'll say uh, WWE when I meant to say, you know, AEW, you know, and I just, and I'll just be talking to friends, not on national TV. So, yeah, I agree with your point that, yeah, it would, it would be easier, uh, yeah, to just put everybody on one show. Because, um, yeah, that's a lot, especially for, you know, I mean, we don't want to, you know, we're not old shaming here, but, um, but it's a lot. It's a lot for these. Guys I mean, if you look, on. if you look at it too, I mean, we go back to when SmackDown and Raw kind of split up, and they had their own announcing teams. You know, Jim Ross was never on Friday Night SmackDown. You know, he was only on it for a little bit because I, I believe he was on it for when a sir. I keep forgetting which wrestler it was that always wanted him to do an, a, like commentary during his wherever he was. But for the most part, Jerry Lawler. Uh, Jim Ross and J and someone else would be on Raw. Then you'd have like Taz and Michael Cole on SmackDown. So you like you had the yeah. split. So yeah. it would kind of work out if they did the same thing with AEW, where hey, let's have Excalibur, Tony Schiavone, and Taz on Dynamite. Let's have um, you know someone else on 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 uh, Dyn- or Rampage. Let's have Nigel and uh, Kevin on collision like that for me that's perfect that that's your three teams right there you don't have to um, so, so my so my only thing on that Adam, was, would, i would just i would keep tony shivani on collision and keep uh and, and let's have taz and uh excalibur by themselves on dynamite and then whoever you want to put on uh rampage it doesn't really matter it's only an hour well uh, well for rampage for rampage you could even though it's an hour you could still I mean, I think the most interesting you could do is maybe have uh, like one person from uh, um, Dynamite and one person from Collision commentate together on Rampage. I think that'd be an excellent idea, kind of mix and match a little bit. So like one Friday, you can have Excalibur and Kevin Kelly uh, do, do um, you know, do Rampage. Or the next week you could have uh, Taz and Nigel. Like you can mix and match on Rampage because oh. it's only an hour. So you would, yeah, but but yeah. that's the issue is because you got one guy as a commentator, but then other one is color. I like it's yeah. almost like sports where you have a play-by-play guy and a color commentary. Yeah. yeah. So and, it would be hard to do that, but it'd be interesting to see. But one guy too, one guy too that I that I loved in dark um, was Daddy Magic. I thought Daddy Magic did really good on com- on a color commentary. Um, Big Show not so much as being the main commentator because it was like Big Show was like the uh, there was a couple of episodes where they did it, where Big Show was, like, the main guy, and then it was Daddy Magic. And I love Daddy Magic. They, they had a good little chemistry, but 
but you couldn't do that for like national TV, right? Like, at, like uh, I already know the networks wouldn't allow Big Show to be the the main guy, even on an hour episode of uh, of Rampage. Like that couldn't happen. But Daddy Magic was really good. I thought Daddy Magic is, is hilarious. I, I I love him on commentary when he was on commentary um, for that one uh, sh- that one uh, match with Dad with uh, Daniel Garcia. Man, it was freaking hilarious when they told him that he couldn't leave the ring. Kevin Kelly was like, you can't leave this side. He goes, otherwise, you'll be fired. He goes, hey, I know about the rules, guy. Okay? He goes, hey, cameraman. He goes, don't get too close, pervert. You know? Yeah. I just, like, cracked the hell up. And I'm just like, oh, my God, dude. Like, that's freaking hilarious. I was like, yes. Like, give me more of this guy on commentary. You know? So I wouldn't mind him having uh, – but he has to, like, wrestle matches, too, on yeah. – uh, and especially for Rampage, that's the thing is that that's why they can't do it because mostly he's if he's gonna wrestle, he's gonna be on Rampage, so you can't really have him on Rampage. So that's the only thing, right? No, and that's and that's a good take on it. So, um, but I mean, I, I mean for that for commentary, that's a whole nother level. Um, it's more so of what we see on like just in the ring. You know, commentary is one thing for a show, but uh, it's what happens in the ring for us as fans is what's really important. Yes. We love the commentary of it, but it's what's happened in the ring, which uh, obviously brings us to our kind of thing tonight about the very first episode of dynamite. Um, you know, from that first episode, it, it was crazy to think that this new company uh, just shows up and now they're having a, a, a show, a weekly show and it's debuting and everybody's sitting on you know, hands and knees, just waiting to see what kind of, you know, what are we going to see in this ring? What kind of commentary are we going to listen? Who are we going to see, you know? Um, but obviously we start from the beginning. Again, I mentioned it. It debuted October 2nd, 2019 at the Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. Um, on the TNT network um, and kind of reiterate uh, uh, announced team that night. Your announced team was Excalibur, Tony Schiavone, Jim Ross was your night. Um, so from that first episode, uh, we had maybe five, six matches. Um, and we, we talk about the trajectory of what a lot of shows talk about where wrestlers were then where they are now. Um, and considering AEW's only been around for about four or five years now, um, you know, a lot of some of the homegrown talent that debuted on that episode are still there. Um, uh, so last week, I even asked the audience to give me one male, one female wrestler from that first episode, um, and where they uh, and, and where uh, and their thoughts on them now and what their career is like. Um, obviously, we're gonna go with matches right now. Uh, I, I, you know, I'll start. You know, the first match you had was Sammy Guevara. And Cody Rhodes. Um, obviously, <laughs> we could talk about the elephant in the road. Cody no longer with AEW. Um, it is uh, crazy to think uh, that that's where we're at today. Um, Connor, uh, since you've been with it since day one, with AEW, you know, watching AEW since day one, um, I had to go back and watch the first episode because I didn't really get into episode into Dynamite until maybe 2020 during the COVID years is when I first got into AEW. Um, so I had to go back and watch episode one. Um, 
from your perspective on Cody, because um, I feel like that's maybe one of the names that you were thinking of for tonight's episode to talk about. After that, did you ever predict someone like Cody who left WWE because of how he's booked going to AEW, creating his own company? Did you ever feel like there was a chance, maybe even, that Cody might have stayed with AEW? Yeah, I think there there could have been a chance for him staying. Uh, we'll never know what the reason was he left. I feel like we'll never know. Maybe on dark side of the ring, maybe, but it'll be years, years to come. Uh, I wish he would have stayed because he did a lot for AEW. The first ever match on Dynamite was Cody and Sammy, and just based off Sammy, look at what he's accomplished so far. Uh, yeah, I, I really wish I would have kept Cody because he was kind of the heart and soul of AEW. Like, you know, during the pandemic, that very first episode during the pandemic, and they were at Daly's Place, he opened the show. With that, uh, I guess in AEW, you would say an iconic moment. Uh, when he, the first words he said was, I never thought of this world as small before. Like during the global pandemic, he started that off with. Uh, Cody's had a lot of memorable moments. Some moments I like to forget, some moments he probably in AEW history forever. Uh, mainly Brandy's moments, I guess. Uh, but she, but she's not too bad because with someone else in AEW, it's a little bit worse. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I wish they would have kept Cody. Yeah, and, and honestly, I think I think having going against Sammy for the first match was actually a really good start. Um, so, Mark, yeah. um, considering where uh, Sammy was on that first episode, you know, fresh-looking face, young kid on the roster, wrestling someone like Cody Rhodes, someone who's been in it so long, um, do you think Cody was the appropriate – opponent for Sammy. Do you think that match with uh, Cody kind of elevated Sammy to where he is now? Oh, was that to me? Yeah, that was to you, Mark. I don't know. Do you need me to repeat it? No, my bad. No, my bad. My bad. My my camera kind of went out there for a second. My bad. Uh, No, no, no. Uh, So so that's, dude, I was like, I I want to answer that. Um, And this is a, this is a yes and no, right? I mean, uh, it was yes because that match, because uh, like Connor when he talks about being a day one AEW, he says you know January first I believe when they when they first announced. I had no idea about AEW until this episode. Okay, so this is when this is my day one was this episode of AEW. I had I had no idea about AEW. I didn't know about uh, the Young Bucks. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be straight up. I, I know about Hangman, um, Kenny Omega. I had no idea about these guys. I knew nothing. Person I was Cody, right? So I tuned in to this first episode when I first heard about it, when TNT started, um, you know, uh, advertising it. I was like, holy crap! I was like, there's a new wrestling thing because I don't even think I was like, I, I don't even think like Twitter. I don't even think I, like I saw it on Twitter or anything. So this was my first match that I was like. Okay, let me see what this is all about. And this match, this was the match that I said, this is what I want to see in wrestling, was when I saw Cody and Sammy, I didn't know who Sammy was. I only know who Cody was. And this is what propelled, This is what got me into AEW, was this match. 
yes, I wanted to see something different, but I didn't know what it was exactly, right? Because uh, I didn't, I didn't watch indie wrestling. I'm gonna be straight up. I didn't, I didn't know nothing about uh, indie wrestling and 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 New Japan um, and all that. But this match, like this match, like really like did it for me. Uh, when I saw this first match, I said, it, "It." I was like, "I'm hooked." And yes, it, it did stuff for Sammy, but for me, it also did stuff for Cody because I, I really hadn't seen Cody since after WWE, since after I stopped watching. And you know, like the, the last time I saw him, I think he was in the faction with uh, with Randy Orton, and you know, I just saw him as this like you know puny little guy that was just like this like. <laughs> mediocre little you know like level like mid-level if not even like lower than mid-level carter and then when i saw him here i was like holy crap i was like where did this guy come from i was like what is this like where does this cody come from like now he's like bigger he's stronger he's faster he's more athletic like he's doing way more things that i never seen him do when i saw this first match with him and and sammy and then i saw sammy Guevara, and i was like sammy i was like what the I was like, I don't know who this guy is. I was like, he's from Houston. I was like, so he's not too far from where I live. I'm like, I was like, this is really cool. I was like, damn, this dude's like really young. I was like, okay. I was like, and, and this match just went on and on, right? There was like, there was like, it, it was like counter after counter. And then, you know, these close to three counts after close to three counts. And it was like, I wasn't used to that, right? Whenever I used to watch wrestling, I wasn't used to that. And these guys just like set the tone for me of what was to come for AEW. And so like to your question, uh, you know, what they did I, for me, it, it did a lot for me to seeing like Cody in another, uh, in a different limelight, right? Because I was always used to Cody, you know, like I said, the last time I saw him was with uh, Randy Orton, Randy Orton's thing. But and then Sammy too. Sammy was like, yeah, like I was like, this dude's awesome. But then he kind of fell off, right? Like he didn't, uh, he didn't get that push because I guess he was too young. But he was still pulling out awesome matches every time I saw him after that. So both of these guys, like they did really freaking awesome. I thought that that first episode like set the tone for what AEW was, uh, and, and and from then on I was hooked. I haven't, I mean, I never, I rarely, if I ever missed an episode. It was rare. Like, it was, yeah, I was just tuned in, like, glued in after that. And then they came to my town um, a couple of months afterwards, and, and I was there. I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to go see these guys live. Like, shit. They, they were here. They, so what would what'd you say that first episode was? What day was it? It was uh, October 2nd. So they were here, uh, here in Columbus, Texas, where I'm at, uh, December 23rd, I think. Is that right? Okay. Yep. Yep. December 23rd. And I was at that episode with my dad. Me and my dad go watch it. Dude, I had a time watching those and I got uh, shows. Seems Mark is having some technical stuff. <laughs> yeah. It seems he might have to. With AEW, was that first? With that first match, am yes. I cutting no. out on you guys? You were cutting out a little bit, Mark. Oh, we, you know, we didn't get a lot of it. Um, so I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna step out. I'm gonna step out, and then I'll come back in. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um. 
yeah, to go off of that, what with Mark saying with that first match, um, that pretty much set the tone uh, for what AEW was going to be. Uh, the style of wrestling it's going to be, the kind of show you're going to watch. Um, it, it's not your typical WWE PG era wrestling. Um, it was something different. Uh, and, you know, we have to give credit where credit's due, even though he went back. We have to give credit to Cody. Uh, Cody, with the Young Bucks and Omega, uh, they tried something different, and it's sticking. You know, regardless if he's there or not, you know, and I mean, we could all agree. We talked about it on the show a lot that they're all still friends. They probably all still talk, you know, so it's like, yeah. it's like we don't need the people going, oh, this is better. This is better. No, we don't need that division and tribalism. It's it's they're all friends. They all work together. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think I think Cody is one name from that first episode we had to talk about um, be, because it was his baby. It was his. Uh, it was him, the Young Bucks, and Omega. I, I mean, it was their baby along with Tony Khan um, jumping in with it. It just, it kind of just came together, and um, not a lot of people, you know. Uh, I mean, a lot of people crap on Omega and the Young Bucks, but along with Cody, they gave us something. You know, you could dislike the Young Bucks and Kenny, but I credit them because they gave me a different view, a, a different thing to watch other than WWE. Um, so, um, moving along to, on the show, um, the next match was, uh, Brandon Cutler, who we actually recently had on here on interview, um, wrestled against our current AEW world champion, Maxwell Jacob Freeman. That's right. Max wasn't even on the first match. He was the second match on AEW's first episode of dynamite. Um, do you, do you think Connor with that, do you think, um, that kind of, I mean, he talks about it all the time. Do you think something like that where if he wasn't opening the show and he wasn't closing the show, that kind of gave him fire to where he's at now for Max? Yeah, because he scratched and clawed his way to the to the main event. He, he's, he's really the first homegrown guy to really scratch and claw and do anything it took to get to the spot he got. Uh, whether it was any of the programs he did, he made it worthwhile. Uh, the first show uh he cut probably one of the best promos in the entire show against bret hart uh and bret hart came back and after said, said that that was the best promo he's seen in years uh double double nothing 2019 but uh yeah i think mjf could do it doesn't matter where you put him on the card i think he'd find a way to make it interesting uh with the cards that he's given uh yeah this match was a really it was a pretty decent match from what i, from what I remember brendan cutler was still good but back then he was good. Uh, hopefully we get the dragon back. Uh, but yeah, I believe uh, MJF from submission too. And, and and by the way, he was the only wrestler on the show to win by submission. Yeah, it, it's crazy to think about that. Yeah. Like even someone like you know Chris Jericho was on the show and he he didn't even win by submission. You know, and he's known for his submissions. Uh, yeah. so so it's crazy to think that. Yeah, no, I honestly think like. Like you said, we talk about pillars of the the company, and you know if if Cody, the Young Bucks, and Omega were like like the Godfathers, like Max was one of the uh, like if they were the bosses, speaking in Italian mafia terms because I'm Italian, sorry. Uh, but speaking of mafia terms, if Omega, the Bucks, and uh, 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 Cody was were the mob bosses, uh, the Max was one of the capos. Um, those are just the mini bosses underneath main bosses for anybody who don't know mafia terms. 
Uh, he's he was a capo. He was basically there. He was he was one of their guys. He was one of their homegrown guys there in AEW. Um, I mean, you can even say Brandon Cutler was too. Uh, Brandon Cutler was there, and he's still there. To, I mean, both of them are still there today. You know, obviously Cutler is. You know, now the story going Cutler taking over uh, the media stuff, social media stuff for the Young Bucks, which I think is great. Uh, I read somewhere that Cutler is going to be more vocal, um, which is good. Um, I do, I do miss some of his vocal, him being more, you know, on screen, all this stuff, um, you know, so we're looking forward to that. And then obviously, you know, MJF, you know, um, being our world champion right now, it's amazing how far MJF has come from that first episode, uh, of how he, like you said, Connor climbed his way up the ladders and honestly earned that world title. Um, he understands the business. He understands the character work. I, I think it's the right thing that one of your homegrown stars is your champion right now. And they've kind of stuck with that ever since. Um, we have to go back to when Chris Jericho was the inaugural, you know, um, AEW world champion. I mean, he's the one who came over when they announced it too. He was one of the first people to sign with them. Um, which I thought, you know, is smart and he's still with them. Um, so I honestly think this, uh, the trajectory of both these guys, I'm honestly excited to see where they both go. I mean, obviously Cutler's going to be more on camera, hopefully. And, and MJF is your world champion and he's going to have a great match with Joe at world's end. Um, uh, obviously we had a lot of, um, segments on the first episode uh we have a lot of segments on every dynamite every rampage every uh, collision um the first one was uh one of our favorite one of my favorite wrestling uh journalists chris van uh vlait i, I think yeah. that's chris van vlait how do you say yeah. his name yeah uh, chris yeah. van vliet vliet i mean the, he was talking to kevin smith and jason muse jay and yeah. silent bob and who interrupts them but jack evans and angelico and then yeah. Private Party debuts. Private Party is another one of those teams that have been with AEW since the very beginning. Um, do you think, uh, you know, when Mark Quinn gets healthy and all that stuff, do, do you see a change trajectory for, for Private Party to kind of make this triumphant return as a team and, and kind of go to new heights, Connor? I really hope that they do. They're a really, really good team. Uh, their first ever match well on tv tv match because i had my just prior to that but on tv they, they went against the young bucks and they beat the young bucks like they upset the young bucks and they uh almost won the whole tournament uh i really hope that when private because uh top flights come back now we're getting a lot of tag teams back that i hope that they're doing better tag division and private part is a very it's been one of my favorite teams since they started AEW. they're very unique uh, I like the, the private party. I like when they used to have like the uh, like the eight, like you, you're, it's, it's a private party. So then how do I say? It? Like they had the uh, like like you know like the guardrail, like they, like they have the bounce. The they had like the bouncer with the rope. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, I it's like that too. Party. I like that was like a unique entrance. Yeah, it's a private party, so it made sense to like everything they did made sense for tights. The the way they wrestled was very different from everyone else. Uh, yeah, I really hope that uh, at least in the next two years that they maybe not win the tag titles, but uh, 
Well, well, the goal is I, I would assume to be tag champions, but hopefully the one day they'll get those tag team titles. Now, another tag team that we saw in that first episode was SCU, uh, which compiled the Scorpion Sky, Christopher Daniels, and Frank Kazarian. Um, Mark, um, given how that first episode was and everything now, it, did it shock you? Like, did it surprise you that, you know, Scorpio and Sky, Scorpio Sky and Christopher Daniels stayed and, and Frankie left? Like, is, is that something you still want to see as possibly an SCU reunion in AEW? Man, so, I, so as a, hell yeah, as a, as a trio, hell yeah. I, I felt like that was, I, I felt like that really kind of sucked that you didn't get to see them as trios. Um, Cause I really did want to see them as trios, but Frankie and Scorpio were they not the first uh, tag team champions? Um, yep. Yeah, Frankie. Right, they were the first. Yep. They, were, they beat uh, yeah. Lucha Bros in the tournament. Yep. Yeah, and and so you know, so I mean, I can't, you know, not hate on that. You know, they got they got, you know, that that star, you know, into being the first AEW champion. That's something that you're gonna they could take forever, right? You know. Like, uh, no matter what happens, they can always go down as the first AEW tag team champions. And, and I love Scorpio and I love Frankie. Uh, and I love Christopher Daniels, but Christopher Daniels, you know, uh, he's not the Christopher Daniels old. Yeah, he's definitely uh, a little bit older. I can't remember the last time he won a match. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I'm not, so I'm not too worried about Christopher I'm not too worried about because stop it, stop it, stop it, mm-hmm. <laughs> No, but Chris, yeah, Chris, I'm, I'm not too worried about. Uh, maybe I would like to see uh, Frankie and, and 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 Scorpio get another run at it, but but too, I mean, they 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 did what they were supposed to do, you know, they they came in, they want you know, the several tag team champions, um. And I like it, man. I, I love and Frankie, man. They were they were great. SCU was like the same. I didn't like I said, I didn't know about them, you know, before anything happened. And I like them. And you know, and it goes again with um and this goes back to why AEW was so great. They had probably the best tag team, uh best tag team, you know, uh a roster there was at that time when they came there was just a laundry list of guys that were could just they could win they had the Lillers, they had uh frank that seu then they had um uh uh uh, uh mark hugh and and uh see and i'm already like i'm like brother zay but uh private private party private well, private party yeah uh and i mean there was a laundry list of them right there was a whole bunch of them that's why they had a tournament because they had so many. I think that was what their main thing was, was that they came in and their thing was tag team tournaments. I, I, I felt like that, those tag team guys, because there was only like a few guys in the main event scene and then it was all um, tag team championships. And it was so it was so fun watching all these tag teams and these tournaments. I, tag team, like that... I, I never really, I never really cared for tag teams. Besides, when in the early 2000s, when it was the Hardys and the Dudley Boys, 
um, and then Christian and Cage, right? Like those were those were my main three that I always looked as tag teams. And then when that died out, I didn't really care about tag teams until this happened. Until I saw these guys and I saw these guys wrestling as tag teams, and these tag teams like they took like tag team wrestling to another level. Like they were always like really pulling off these like extravagant moves, and it was always these like almost three kickouts. It just and it was just non-stop. It wasn't none of this like tie-ups. Again, again, yeah, no, he's yeah, <laughs> but it yeah, was, Mark, I don't know, I don't know if it's because you're moving so much that it's just and, and and it was, yeah, it, exactly, it was so entertaining, it was like you couldn't stop watching, and uh, and yeah, but but going to your uh, going back to your question was. Uh, as far as SCU, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't too worried about um, Frankie and them leaving. I mean, Frankie left. He went on his own merit. Uh, he if he wanted to go, I mean, you know, Tony Khan said, you know, go ahead and go because they didn't really have nothing for him. And, and Scorpio Sky kind of already had to stab himself as a as a single guy. And then when he was with Lambert and stuff, uh, but at the beginning stage, uh, they were really good, and I, and I enjoyed watching them every single. Week. Uh, except I'll just say I'm not I'm not gonna hate on uh, Chris Daniels, but I, I just never I never really got like what he did. I and that's because even I watched some of his old stuff too at Ring of Honor. I mean, I just I never really got it. Uh, but Frankie Kazarian and and, and Scorpio too. Scorpio was just like one of the like crazy underrated wrestlers. Uh, that I thought this guy could just do like almost anything that you know Ricochet could do better, but maybe he was just even a little stronger. You know, he could do like, some more power moves than actually Ricochet could do, and that's uh, and that's why like I I felt like what happened. I wasn't. That's not something I'm gonna. I wouldn't. I never dwelled on. I never dwelled on that. Like that. Like they broke up. Like it's cool. You know the show goes on. You know there, it's very rare that uh, you know that you're gonna sit back and say, "Damn, why didn't they do this with them? Why didn't they do that with them?" But with these guys, I was just like, it was cool because you know Scorpio doing his singles thing was good for that little while. Kind of wish he would have did it for a little bit longer because I always liked Scorpio Sky uh, more than Frankie and Christopher Daniels. But I was the new guy, though. Like I said, like I didn't, I didn't watch those guys, you know, back in the day. So uh, when I saw them, I was just kind of seeing like, ah, they're, you know, they're okay. But Scorpio Sky, I was like, that is good. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, I think they were a great trio. Uh, obviously, like you said, uh, Frank Kazarian left kind of on his own merit. Um, maybe it's because of how the impact schedule is. Maybe it worked better for him coming along with age. Um, still waiting for the time for Scorpio Sky to come back. I know he was on collision for a little bit and then he left. I don't know if he's injured again. Um, yeah. but but yeah, it'd be great when he returns. I think it's going to be fantastic. Um, obviously, Christopher Daniels working some matches, but also behind the scenes, which is great. Um, but we're gonna change ship now to the females that were on that show. Um, and one particular. 
uh, that really shined again, probably one of the pillars of the company is Britt Baker. Um, Britt Baker obviously was, uh, you know, had a great run as AW women's champion for a while. Um, you know, and she had some great matches, i.e. against Thunder Rosa, um, had some really good matches. Uh, Connor, for you, uh, I, I, we haven't seen much of her lately. Um, she's been very vocal on Twitter. Um, do you feel it would, it'd be good for a change maybe to, to get back on, on track? Another title run for Britt Baker. Do you see that kind of in, in, in the future right now? Yeah, there's no question that she will be either women's champion or TBS champion. She, she'll be champion again. It just depends when, uh, see right now, I feel like, uh, she, out of, she was the first woman signed to AEW, and uh, she's really been showing her frustrations on Twitter. Uh, she's been liking quite a few tweets, uh, and uh, the women's division needs a whole new overlook. Like They need a whole new plan, a whole new direction, something new. Uh, and Britt Baker has, uh, is good on the mic, good on the ring. She's got uh, she's had very good uh, feuds. I remember the pandemic, she was still doing a feud while she was injured. She, like, like she was in a, in a wheelchair the whole feud, mainly. Uh, that was so that, good. She was good that, at that. And that's when they introduced Revel. I didn't really care for the matches in that story. That was probably one of the worst matches in AEW history between Britt Baker and Big Swole. That's another match, though. Uh, but Britt Baker is one of the, uh, as you said, Adam, she's probably the pillar of one of the pillars of the women's division. Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, I think, uh, I could see her being TBS champion or being women's champion again. Uh, it's it, it's going to happen, definitely. I know she said that she doesn't want to be champion again, but the championship will find her. Yeah, and I, I honestly think it's it, – it. I think the division does need the little shot a little bit more. I mean, you've got really good women wrestlers yeah. on the roster. They're just not being utilized to where they need to be. Um, obviously the, the skyrocketing shoot that you had with Julia Hart winning that TBS title, um, at which, which I guess you would say at the expense of Chris Statlander, um, as much as I enjoyed Chris Statlander coming back, taking the title off Jade Cargill. Um, it, it, it was kind of quick for me because I felt like maybe Chris could have ran a little longer with it, but because of the way this, the writing was going with the matches and, and the te the telling. It, it really wasn't going anywhere, and I was upset about that. Um, uh, uh, real quick, uh, ladies and gentlemen, joining us right now, um, one of our uh, also newest members of the All Elite Zone podcast, uh, coming all the way from the Midwest, our favorite female panelist, one of them, favorite female panelist, Danny. Danny, welcome to the show. Hey. <clears throat> Uh, so, Danny, uh, we are talking about, obviously, the first episode of Dynamite um, that ever uh, debuted in October of 2019. We are on the women's division, um, and one of the women we brought up was Britt Baker. Another one that maybe uh, if we want to talk about is Rio, who was the very first champion crowned that night. Um, now, from that, she uh, defeated Nyla Rose in, in the match. Um with with Rio's trajectory now from that first episode, she just returned yesterday. Do you see bright things with Rio's return from yesterday's episode? 
That is a very good question. Um, and I was looking back at watching some of the, the very first episode of Dynamite, but I'm a streamer with Hulu, so I couldn't find any back episodes. But Rio coming back last night, thats I feel like it's going to change the landscape just a little bit. Uh, obviously, Britt has been gone for a while supporting Adam Cole. And every time I just want to say, Adam, I, I have to, I'm sorry. But so uh, it's going to change the landscape a little bit. I feel like now that Jade's gone, um, but it's refreshing to see somebody new back. Whether or not she um, sticks around for a while, we don't know. But it's going to be really interesting, I think, just having her in the landscape again. Yeah, and obviously that match was just so huge because, uh, you know, obviously it was the David versus Goliath storyline. You know, here's Rio, this little tiny girl, going against a very strong woman in Nyla Rose. And it's just like, okay, calm down. There's no way Rio's going to be a woman that size who's strong, you know? Right. And I want to say I am going to be calling Nyla a woman. Uh, let's not get political on this show. Um, but, um, yeah, that match was just David versus Goliath. And the fact that they gave Rio uh, the, the the rub on that was <laughs> it, it's just great to see someone like Josie, you know, um, someone who's like a Joshi, you know, Japanese kind of style wrestler win the women's title right off the bat. Um, now, I don't know what's up with Mark or what's funny with Mark. Um, I saw the comments. I'm trying to ignore it, Connor. That's why you guys are making it harder. I haven't for seen me. any comments. I no, mean, don't, you I don't mean, have to worry about the comments. Um, <laughs> so, but obviously he's not here. But uh, Daniel, mm. <laughs> I don't know who to ask the question now to because I'm all lost because of it. He's <laughs> Connor, damn you. Okay, so. <laughs> Made me lose track of this whole thing now, man. Come my, on. my mind is gone. My boss um, and I are dog sitting. So we had a very energetic border collie mix over. So it was nonstop barking for like an hour and a half this morning. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So, no, yeah. And then sure. I have car issues, which is why I'm late. So then I'm like, oh, the stage just gets better right. and better. But at least our three-year-old, she was good today. Right. Well, that's good. Uh, so real quick, um, uh, we'll... <laughs> Let's hit some of these comments, Connor. Okay, some of them, the right ones, all right? Um, so uh, Ethan says uh, they recently signed uh, Kevin Kelly because uh, earlier we were talking about announcers. Um, and so Ethan said they recently signed Kevin Kelly and Nigel, so they have enough commentators to have one team uh, team per show. Um, I agree. Uh, we were talking about it earlier, Danny. Do you, do you think it'd be right to kind of, um, kind of have certain – designated announcers for shows. Absolutely. And I say that because you tend to get used to a commentary team um, on a particular show. Of course, nobody will ever be as good as Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan on primetime. Um, and you just, I feel like you just identify with certain commentators and you like certain commentators more than others. I remember watching Kevin Kelly when I was a kid. I like him. Obviously, Tony Schiavone, love him too. And I happen to be a fan of Nigel McGuinness. I think he's fun. I think he's fresh. And occasionally, you know, do what they did on, you know, old episodes of primetime where <laughs> they typically had 
Gorilla Monsoon doing the commentary. They had Lord Alford. They had me, Jean. They had Heenan. Maybe have one primary person do the commentary and then just rotate them out because it gives them a different flavor. It gives it a different type of commentary style. And um, even the sarcasm within the commentary, that is what makes AEW priceless. Yeah, yeah, go no, sorry, Connor. I didn't know if you had some take on that. I was gonna say the uh Nigel McGinnis is good at that. Well uh, Danny was saying it every everything like him and Kevin Kelly is good at bouncing off each other. So Kevin Kelly will say something and then Nigel will say something really funny to go at Kevin Kelly and then they just go back and forth. They have a really good chemistry. Yeah, yeah, no, Nigel's been uh, uh, yeah, Nigel has been great. I think Nigel has been one of the most underrated signings for AEW. Like him on that commentary team on Collision, I love Nigel on there. Like I cannot get enough of him on there. He is so freaking alert, and he, yeah, he's so sarcastic with his comments. Mm -hmm. And he called, you know, he called Daniel Bryan brittle Bryan. I love how he hates Daniel Bryan so much. I'm just like, oh my god, like please come back so y'all two could fight each other before he retires, because yeah, because. Riddle Brian, you know, Daniel Bryan calls Riddle Brian, you know, because he's always been hurt. And oh man, I, I love, uh, I love Nigel. Nigel's been like, to me, one of the underrated uh, signings for AEW. His, his commentary is, it, it's chef's kiss, man. Like he, he, because he, he, he talks his crap and then he'd be super knowledgeable about what's going on in the ring. But he can also like he'll, he, like he'll tell you like some, something that's like something going on super serious, and the next second he'll tell you something like super retarded, and you're just like cracking your ass off. And and that's the same thing like Taz does to me. Like Taz does that shit to me though too. Taz does that to me. Taz like, oh, would you look at this move? All right. And then they, and then <laughs> I just stopped, I just stopped laughing, and now you're about to mess this whole thing up again. My one word, you messed it up, Mark. One it's hard word. To contain, not laughing sometimes, and then now. Uh. Oh man, no, but I agree with you, Mark. Nigel, Nigel does have some, and and it's right because he does have that knowledge because he is a former wrestler. Like, yeah. he, I mean, it works out that why rest former wrestlers actually work out on commentary teams because they know what's up with with the whole thing, you know, and. And that's why I think Nigel's so good at what he does on the commentary team. Like I'll go back and watch, I'll go back and watch some of the old commentaries from collision episodes, just because I want to hear Nigel say something so funny that it's right. dumb. Like, it's just like, what? Like, why would you say that? <laughs> yeah. so and I, like, I feel like for me, it's just that accent. It's, you know, that British accent and it gets you going, Danny. Yeah, it really does for me. And I just, I'm finally remembering when I was a kid, Lord Alfred Hayes on commentary, just that was just priceless in the lap. And I, uh, one thing that they had at Dynamite when I was there in Chicago, Justin Roberts noticed a sign that says, Shut up, Taz. So somebody actually had that. And I turned around and I looked out and they were sitting like, I was like right here. So they were sitting like a couple sections over and I couldn't stop laughing. I thought that was the funniest sign. Shut up. Taz. <laughs> and I think Taz even made, uh, Taz even made notice of it. And I believe that was after they announced the commentary team and Taz even saw it and had a big smile on his face. 
<laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, Ethan also says in the comments, since we are talking about day one stuff, uh, Connor say the first AEW card <laughs> top to bottom. Oh, it's uh, easy. The, are you talking about the AEW show or the pay-per-view is, is what I want to know, Ethan? First what, show what was technically double or nothing, but I'll do nah, – that's easy. The Casino Battle Royal and you got the uh, uh, Kip Sabian, Sammy Guevara, first match. The main show, SCU versus Strong Hearts of China. They were from OWE. Uh, then we have uh, – let's see. God, I'll do this, Terry. I know, I know all this. Um, no, the, the Casino Barrow is in the uh, main show. Uh, I might not get all these in order, but we got Cody and Dustin. got uh, the, the women's three-way tag match. You, you have uh, Team Aja Kong versus Riho. I'm not going to go. I cannot remember those Japanese women's names. I know uh, Reho was one of them. Imasakura. Uh, got uh, Cody and uh, Cody, Rose Dustin, Cody Rose versus Dustin Rhodes. Four women's match, uh, Kylie Ray, Britt Baker, Nyla Rose, and Austin Kong. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, because that four-way, wasn't it supposed to be involved Brandy Rhodes, right? Well, it was supposed to be uh, Austin Kong. Right, I believe, yeah. Austin Kong made that. Did you did you get during the MJF match? Uh, MJF, did, he was in the Casino Battle Royal. He was... Uh, he almost won it. Uh, Jericho and Omega was the main event. Got the Young Bucks, the Neutral Bros. Uh, that seems like the card right there. I, don't I know. mean, yeah, no, that's. I know Pac wasn't was on the show. He was supposed to be. He was supposed to be Hangman and Pac, but that didn't happen. Well, Pac uh, it, got injured. It happened on this episode of Dynamite, um, and yeah, it we got it for free. Um, yeah. And that's uh, that'd be my next question, Mark, for you. Like, Hangman versus Pack. Uh, I mean, obviously these two guys had two different styles. Um, Pack obviously hard hitting, flying, but Page is kind of like the brawling type of pro wrestler. Um, did you like the clash of styles in this match between Page and uh, Pack? Oh, are you kidding me? Of course, I love the styles, bro. This was this was one of those, these matches that I fell in love with AEW. I I, I was like, I, I already knew about Pac, right? I seen him at NXT, um, and and then his thing with, uh, and I know his fallout that he had with uh, Enzo Mori, um, and then I hadn't seen him after that because they, you know, they wanted him to drop the I think it was the NXT title to Enzo Mori, or one title they wanted him to drop, and he was like, no, I'm not doing that. And then when I saw him show up at, at AEW, I was like, yes. I was like, this is what I'm talking about. And then I, and I'm going to tell you again, I didn't know about Hangman Adam Page. So I didn't know about Hangman. But this match was, yes, one of the hard-hitting, like, go head-to-head, -head, like, top toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Like, I was, like, thinking, like, yeah, these guys are, like, these are top-tier guys that are just going, like, toe-to-toe. -to -toe. And... <clears throat> I gotta tell you, like I didn't recognize this stuff coming from WWE, like these these crazy, like hard hitting, you know, go like wire to wire matches, right? Like it could have been like a thirty minute like Iron Man match, but it wasn't. But these guys still went at it so freaking hardcore. And when I saw Pac win that match, I was like, oh man, I I didn't 
the one thing about it was that I didn't feel like slighted towards Hangman. I felt, I almost felt in a in a sense that I felt like Hangman almost kind of got more out of it because I already knew who Pac was, but I didn't really know who Hangman was, right? Because um, I never watched ROH, I never watched New Japan, so I didn't really know who Hangman was until that match. And when I saw that match and 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 that Pac finisher. And when I saw him do it again to Kenny Omega, I think it was like, I don't, I don't know if it was before or after that, but he did that same thing to Kenny Omega. And I was like, holy crap. I was like, Pac is out here destroying these guys with that finisher. Like that finisher was just like really hardcore. I forgot what it was. I forgot what it's called. You know what it's called, Connor? It was the brutal. Oh, was it Brutalizer? The Brutalizer, right? Is that right? Whose finisher? The, uh, that, that one, Pax. The I think Pax he, is called the Brutalizer. On the top rope or the one that he does? Uh, the, 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 the submission move. Yeah, I believe that's what it's called, what Adam said. Yeah, because he has yeah, the, the Brutalizer, right? Yeah. Right, where he gets the arm and then he gets the other arm and then he pulls your head back. Like, that thing is just like, that's, in, that's like insane. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen anybody not get out of that. And then I saw, and the first two times I saw him pull that move off was against Hangman and Kenny Omega. And I was like, holy crap. And I thought that like Hangman and Kenny Omega were like the stars of the show. And when I saw Pac like do that to both of these guys, I was like, okay, Pac is like a real freaking like, like they weren't playing around with Pac. Like they were like, yeah, this dude's going to be like a real player. But I guess injuries, you know, probably sidetracked that, but that. <clears throat> Yeah, it was another one, Adam, that it just cemented me into my, into my love for AEW. Because I, I, when I was watching that match, I was like, oh, hey, uh, uh, Pac is probably going to lose. Pac's probably... And when I saw... <laughs> finish oh. Damn it, I got cut out again, didn't I? I'm sorry, guys. I'm oh, sorry, man. guys. I'm so sorry. I've done everything. <laughs> That damn Texas internet, so anyway, man. I'm telling you. I know. I I know. The, the, the Texas is like, they're, they're cutting us off right now. We're, we're, Texas is going to be eliminated off of the United States pretty soon. I'm sorry. <laughs> so you just enjoy me while you can. But anyway, but that, but that, uh, but Hangman, I mean, when, when he finished Hangman with that move, because it was such a good match, and when he finished him with that, that, with that finisher, I couldn't, I couldn't. He's he going just, in and out. He is just he going is. in and out. Danny, we've been we've been dealing with this pretty much most of the <laughs> night. It's fine. Oh, uh, and everything comes in threes. Remember that. Please. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, we'll come back to Mark, obviously, because okay. I kind of want to move on uh, to another person that match, Hangman Page. Obviously, his trajectory, he, he was injured, came back, won the AEW world title. Uh, Danny, uh, on that matter, where would you rank? Uh, the trajectory of Adam Hangman uh, Hangman Page's title reign compared to everybody else's within the company. Oh, good question. Um, I do like him. Um, I think he's great. I again, I was not an indies watcher, and I'm still not an indies watcher, uh, so I was unfamiliar with his work. But I do like him. I think he had a decent title reign. I think it was decent. I'd like to see another title reign for him in 2024 because he is, he's like the guy that you can relate to, you know, you take away 
the cowboy gimmick and he's a relatable guy. He also is an educator, former educator, such as myself. That's one of the reasons why I like him. And number two, he's just, he's the guy that can get on the mic and deliver a promo and make it good. And it's entertaining and it's fun and it's very captivating. I think he's had a great reign. I'd again, like to see another one. Um, but yeah, he's actually one of my favorites. I just wish he had better friends, but he is definitely one of the people that I do like in AEW. Yeah. And honestly, I, I honestly think that it has to do with booking of how, you know, obviously oh, yeah. we talk about booking all the 100%. time. With professional yeah. wrestling. Um, I think if the booking was done more correctly, with his title reign, you probably would have gotten a longer one and maybe better stories. Yeah. I mean, obviously he wrestled Adam Cole twice. Um, right. and so, but they both, both matches were solid. Um, but after that, he really had nowhere else to go with no. his title reign. Um, no, it wasn't until, you know, CM Punk arrived that, Hey, now we got a story, you know? And, right. uh, you know, unfortunately it unfolded the way that it unfolded. Um, you know, none of us were backstage, so we really don't know, you know, everything about it, but yes, uh, as far as title ranking, I would probably put his reign behind MJF's and in front of Kenny Omega's, um, Mm -hmm. just because that's where, because he's again, one of these homegrown talents in AEW that actually was able to get a title reign um with the world title um so um obviously you know he's got a new story coming along where you know he's he just got over losing a sword twice we may revisit that um so looking forward to seeing where hangman comes from there and again uh going off one of these comments from jacob saying i miss pack i also miss pack a lot uh when he comes back um connor i guess i'll direct this question to you uh, where do you want to see Pac inserted story-wise when he comes back to AEW? Good question. Uh, I do not want to see him with the Blackpool Combat Club. I don't see any of that no more. Uh, it really depends if, what they want to do with Dev Triangle. Do they want to you – know, the Trio's Division is kind of – I won't say dead because I do have teams and I just don't use them. Uh, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing him going for the international championship again. Uh, he, 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 he had the best run out of, out of the international title run. Uh, his is better than Orange Cassidy's, uh, I'll say better than anyone's. He took it overseas to all kinds of countries and it's called the AEW International Championship. It's supposed to go international and Pac's the only one to take it international. Uh, but when Pac returns, I'd like to see him. Uh, that's tough. Uh, I like Death Triangle, but. Uh, I kind of like to see them uh, do a swerve and put Pack in the House of Black, because the only person like I don't want to see anyone I don't want to see anyone else added in the House of Black, only if it's Pack, because Pack fits the look, the character, mm-hmm. it fits that whole thing. So I could see him doing that, but uh, I'd be fine if he, if him and Death Triangle became trios champs again. Uh, anything Pack does, he pretty much does good at matches. Championship runs. He, he held two titles at once in AW. Uh, the first wrestler to ever, well, second wrestler to ever do that. Uh, yeah, I'd hope uh, Pat goes for the trios or the international championship. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think it'd be excited to see him come back. Um, I because we I don't think we've seen him since that blood and guts match. 
that Blackpool Combat Club had with uh, what was it, Orange Cassidy best friends and all them. Yeah, that's. Uh, I yeah, think that was the last while. match yeah. we saw with Pac. Um, so yeah, I think him coming back, I think that would be great. Um, definitely looking forward to when he returns. Um, so with this episode, we are getting down to it to the last match on the card of the first episode of uh, AW Dynamite, and it was the Elite Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks uh, versus Yay. Chris Jericho and Santino and Ortiz. Um, obviously, you know when Santino Ortiz uh, 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 Latin Express came over. You know I remember them in the TNA days, all that stuff. Um, uh, again, I'll direct this to Connor because Connor's the mastermind behind a lot of memory. Connor, uh, the main event, what, what are some highlights that you remember from that main event with the Elite versus uh, Chris Jericho and Santana Ortiz? Um, the event before this was All Out 2019. And that's when Santana and Ortiz made their debut. Uh, the Young Bucks won their, uh, they, they won their match against Lucha Bros. And Santana Ortiz made their debut. One had a John F. Kennedy mask on and the other one, and they attacked the Young Bucks. I was leading into their match at, uh, at first Dynamite. And uh, Santana Ortiz and Young Bucks had a really great combo of movesets because that was the first time ever going against each other. They had never won against each other before AEW. Um, Jericho and Kenny in the ring was really good because we've seen them at 2019, Double or Nothing. To see them on TV in the very first main event of Dynamite was really good. Uh, and that match went everywhere. Uh, I don't know why it wasn't a disqualification, but uh, Moxley and Omega went at it. Uh, they go to the back. They Moxley puts Omega through, through a glass table. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of good spots in the match. And that night, we got the inner circle formed. That was when the inner circle became a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously, got to point out the debut of Jake Hager. Was for that episode that that was the biggest crowd reaction he's probably ever gotten, uh, and people were chanting "Weed the people," and then I'll always remember this. Uh, I don't know what this fan was directing that, but he was flipping, he was flipping off someone, and like that's like that's what I liked about AEW is more edgier than WWE. Like it's all it's like kids on the front rows, and it, it's just not as that feeling. And then to see a fan, just I guess he was flipping off Jake Hager. I don't know. Uh, like I just loved uh, the energy for that. Uh, yeah, I thought that main event was a really good main event, uh, especially because that really continued three or four stories. Uh, Jericho and Cody that would go to full gear, uh, Young Bucks and Santana Ortiz, and you got Omega and Moxley. Like there was like three feuds in the one starting right there. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, Mark, we also got uh, the save by Dustin uh, for, for Cody that night. Um, and this was after their whole match at, at Double or Nothing and, and all that stuff. Um, so do you, for, for that, it was like the first time, like how was your feeling for that when you were seeing the brothers, like for the first time since their days in WWE, like kind of coming together to kind of, fight off you know the inner circle yeah well no no yeah and and i and i'm not too sure connor uh you can correct me on this but uh but cody and and uh and dusty already had fought right in the pay-per-view before that one yeah this was they were both bloody where they were both bloodied up 
It was the very first AW event, uh, 2019 Double or Nothing, yeah. So, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, so I, I think I remember that seeing like uh, bits and pieces of that. I don't know if it was online or, uh, but, uh, hey, we got a new guest on the show. But anyway, <laughs> it's um, my but, office assistant. Don't mind her. <laughs> All right. But anyway, so that, so, um, so, I mean, leading up to that, I didn't, I didn't know that, you know, well, obviously you don't, I mean, this is the one thing that you want is that when they came out beating everybody and then Dusty came out to help out Cody, it was like, oh man, I mean, even though I hugged, but like your buddies beat the crap out of you and, but yeah, what did he do? He came out and he helped out his brother. And that's when like Connor said, uh, Mr. Top Cap himself, uh, <laughs> Jack Swagger. And, and, and yeah, and, and I remember, I remember the crowd chanting, "We the people," and he destroyed everybody, and he destroyed right. everybody. And it was like it was like there was a chance, right, that they could beat the inner circle. It was like, oh, let's beat the. And, but this was the thing, right? Like this was, this was one of those things where, like when you would see back in the early '90s um, and early 2000s, where there was these factions, and there might be a chance of them somebody beating them. Right, and they kind of brought that back. Uh, besides the NXT, I think I think NXT was the one that was like when they came out, like nobody, everybody was scared and terrified of them, uh, which was in the mid two thousands, I think. But when they came out, they they beat the crap out of them, and then everybody, and then Sammy came. Right, Sammy wasn't in the inner circle yet, but then he came out and he helped them out. And then Jack Swagger came out, and then all of a sudden you had, you had, uh, you had, obviously, uh, Sammy Guevara, you know, Jack Swagger, uh, the the Mexican. I just want to, I just want to point out, I still love that you're calling him his WWE character. It's so great because that's how everybody <laughs> knows him is Jack Swagger. You know, like that's. It's so great. I just want to let you know that brings me joy. Keep going, Mark. <laughs> I thought Wait, he was the guy with the purple hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's other thing you call him, the guy with the purple hat. Um, but yeah, with them, you know, that inner circle that formed was just like this. It was like, I mean, you couldn't you couldn't like like not like be interested, right? Because once those guys came around, it was like, holy crap! Like Jericho got. A new squad. He got his own little thing, and then he just beat up Cody and a bunch of these, like you know, uh, that were supposed to be, you know, babyface characters. And it was like, well, I like me, like for me, I didn't really know who some of those babyface characters were, but at the same time, I was like, I was interested. I was like, this is what I wanted when I tuned in. For this first episode of AEW, I wanted to get interested. Like I wanted, I wanted to be get hooked, right? Because if it was gonna be something boring and just have some regular dumb old match at the end, I might have, might not, and I might have tuned in. I might have not, right? But because there was so much intrigue at the end of an episode like that, that's what hooked me. Yes, there was good matches that I watched. Um, and that I loved, and I thought it was like really cool. But was I gonna like tune in like right away next episode? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I think I would have been like, that was pretty cool. But do I still want to watch wrestling? 
mm, I'm not too sure. But then when I saw that ending, I'm like, fuck yes. I want to watch this. I want to see what is going to happen next week. I need to see what Cody's going to say. I need to see, you know, what ha- is, is Dusty really messed up? You know, uh, I wanted to see everything that was going to happen after that. And that's the way uh, that they did it, that they got you hooked at the end. I don't know. I, I might be, I don't know if I'm the only one, but I know they got me hooked like that at the end because, yes, I wanted to watch it. But like I said, um, I don't know if I was going to keep on watching it until I found out what happened at the end. And I was like, okay, this is the wrestling that I want to watch. Yeah, and Danny, going to that main event and, um, you know, the whole card as itself, um, you know, with that first episode, you look at pretty much the the names on that card that were the big names, like Omega, Moxley, um, Jericho, Rhodes, you know. Out of all those guys, um, in the trajectory and, and the, the, the whole idea of that first episode – who on that uh, that list of names do you think probably came out with the most momentum on that episode? Um, who got you know who who felt like that 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 first episode they nailed it out of the park? Oh, that's a great question. Um, if you speak from experienced wives, obviously it's the champion Chris Jericho because he's been doing this. For so long and I'm getting mental visuals of when he popped up on I think it was raw in Chicago when he popped up with the Y2J thing in that promo against the rock um for somebody younger I would say oh let me think I would say probably Mox I'm gonna go with Mox mainly because he was when he was Dean Ambrose he was an interesting guy but this is I think more true to who he is now I think that's kind of partially who he is in real life and he's got such a grappling brawling style and again when you watch a mox max you know you're surprised hey is he gonna bleed one second within the match starting I mean because of but it, it's more hardcore it's very similar to Nick Gage to a degree but Nick Gage is in a class on its own um I'm Running, as you're talking, Adam, I'm running back through that first match. And I wanted to kind of say what Mark was saying, too, is that, you know, when you look at WWE, WWE is heavily scripted. It's fellow storylines. AEW is fresh. It's new. What got me hooked was not only seeing Chris Jericho, seeing Cody, seeing Mox, but these new people that I didn't know about any of them and who they were. And, you know, it's just some of the newer faces. And I want to go on record by saying that people on different groups um, have asked me what my issue is with the Bucks. I just don't like them. I, I just want to go on record and saying that in the beginning of AEW, I thought they were pretty cool. I know they were in TNA as Generation Me, and I actually watched TNA back then and like them. After a while... I just stopped caring about them. I just found them to be very boring. I find them to be not even pro wrestlers and they just don't grab, grab my attention the way other acts do. And that's what pro wrestling is. Pro wrestling is one of those things where you want your, your larger than life characters and you want to get your attention. So think about like the shows that you watch. I'm a big fan of the power series on stars. I've watched all three of the four books. I'm also a fan of BMF. So think about like what 
gets you hooked on like a show like power is you want to know he's going to do this. Well, then is he or isn't he? What's going to happen next? And that's what AEW is. You don't know what's going to happen. No, and I totally agree. Um, and honestly, you, you hit it out of the you hit it out of the park with that comment because you know you're saying if you if you talk about the leaders in the locker room during that time, I mean obviously Chris Jericho being there, you know Kenny Omega, yeah. Cody Rhodes, and then some of the fresh young guys, you know, even someone like a Jake Hager coming in. You know, you had earlier in the show, you had, you know, guys like Private Party coming in, kind of like being the fresh young guys coming into locker room, trying to figure out their mm-hmm. way in, in, in it. Um, but, yeah, no, you definitely hit it there is, as far as, you know, who came out benefiting from this first. I think it was everybody. Yeah. Um, because a lot of people did not expect to see what they saw on this first episode. Yeah. Um, and actually, we could go one of these comments, um, jumping from back to now from uh, Oliver asking about the what AEW has become PG. Um, he goes, You know, do you guys think AEW has become too PG? There's a lot of stuff with OC stuff, Haggers, Purple Hat, Daddy Match, Acclaim stuff. Now, if you guys don't mind, I'd like to take this one first. Um, uh, Oliver, I see where you're coming from about going to PG. But you got to remember, we just had the cra- one of the craziest Texas death matches I've ever seen in, in any pro wrestling. Um, it, it was beyond anything PG I've ever seen. It is something that I feel WWE, TNA, um, even even like uh, ML, MLW, CML, I don't think any of them would have a death match as brutal as I saw that match with Paige and, and Swerve. Um, there are some stuff that are geared towards kids because again, you have to look at it as a marketing thing where AEW does have a certain, you know, uh, a certain demographic, but they also want to draw in more. So they have to change it up a little bit where they do have to have, you know, the orange Cassidy stuff, you know, the, the haggers hat, the acclaimed stuff, but even the acclaimed stuff is kind of risque for kids. I mean, if you think about it, that, that's more geared towards teens. Um, so I wouldn't say it's more PG, but it, it is geared more towards teens. Um, I, I guess we'll go in order here. Uh, Connor, uh, what, what would you say about Oliver? Do you think AEW's become PG? Uh, not really overall product. I don't think they have. I mean, bits and pieces, yeah. But I feel like they were like that in the uh, beginning of AEW. Maybe not always on air, but off air, like I've seen uh, – I was at a show. Uh, uh, it was in South Haven, Mississippi, and Cody Rhodes and Billy Gunn did a arm wrestling contest. Front of the crowd. Uh, it wasn't on air, but I feel like they've always had bits and pieces of that. Like George Nero was a good example that he kind of had some PG stuff, but a, l- a little bit. But a lot of the stuff like Orange Cassidy, he's kind of changed into just a wrestler now. He doesn't really do a lot of the, you know, pocket stuff and. Uh, kicks and uh, sunglasses he comes out with it but he doesn't do it in the ring anymore uh daddy magic i don't really think that would be towards kids <laughs> uh, especially what he says and the acclaimed is kind of like this generation's dx like they're targeting teens like the acclaim would have fit perfect in the attitude era like that would have been perfect uh yeah that's my response to that Mark, Mark, so, uh, I'd like to get your take on it now too. Yeah. So, I mean, 
so he's is he so he's referencing like certain people's things, but uh, no, I, I'll, I'll say absolutely not. Uh, I think TNT, I think Turner is more than happy. I mean, more than okay with them doing crazy stuff. Uh, they're more than okay with the blood. Uh, this is we're nowhere near to what uh, WWE is doing on the PG side. WWE doesn't do any kind of blood. And you will see plenty of blood at certain spots. Uh, we just had one of the craziest blood spots with uh, with Swerve and Hangman at the pay-per-view. I know that wasn't on TV. But that was still something that's a part of what AEW is doing. Uh, I don't think they're... Yeah, I, I don't think they're going in... They're not there yet. Uh, eventually, they might get there. Um, Oliver, I'll just say that it could get there eventually, but right now, um, uh, there's too many, there, there's a lot of cursing. I mean, when you're going to say F you, you know, or, and, and, you know, we're going to have like big slander words, well, I mean, Connor, we just saw, um, you Christian know, Cage. we, we just, we just saw, uh, Edge tell Christian, yeah. you know, and, and, and that thing did not get censored. So there's no way in heck we could say that this is getting PG. And I can't even say that that was like something that was, uh, if they didn't know that was going to happen, I kind of feel like they, they, they knew that was going to happen and they still let it go. Right. Like they're just like, let, let's, let's go off the rails here. Cause we don't want to be like WWE. We don't want to be PG like WWE. To me, that's what I think, and uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I'm gonna just go off of this, and I'm gonna say absolutely not. I don't feel like they're going PG. I mean, because PG is just—I mean, you're going straight Disney here, PG. I mean, PG 13 maybe, but um, we're almost on some, you know, M-rated stuff here because of the hard language that's coming out. When you're saying f bombs, um, yeah, you're pretty much going on 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 M-rated stuff here that's it's pretty much 17 and over. But uh, so if anything, it would be PG-13, but not PG. PG's, you're, you're going 8 to 10-year-olds stuff. And that's what that's what WWE does. They don't do anything to do anything off of, uh, off script of, you know, blood. They don't want no blood. They don't want no cursing. They don't want none of that. AEW does everything with that. They, they'll do blood. They'll do cursing. They do everything, so yeah, like no, we're, we're yeah, we're not we're not in that we're not in that level yet. Uh, the daddy magic, uh, daddy daddy magic and acclaim stuff, I, I don't get what that is because acclaim went through a, a tape uh, a glass wall. Uh, daddy magic says you know pervert and all that stuff, which you wouldn't be able to say that stuff on a WWE network. Uh, so yeah, so even at that. Uh, I don't know what the purple hat thing is. Uh, I don't know how that would be. I don't know what that would be considered as uh, OC stuff. I don't know what OC does as um, as going into that. So because OC could do that in WWE and he could do that stuff in AEW. That's that's not a thing. But just just off of the PG level thing, no, we're not. The AEW is not going off of PG level. Absolutely not. <laughs> And Dan, Danny, even going off of that, uh, do you do you eventually see like going off of what you know 
Mark and I uh, have talked about. Do, do you see maybe AEW even like even adding some kid friendly stuff in there just to change their demographic, or do you think they keep it the way that it is? I'm gonna say um, no. And hi to Oliver. Thanks so much for the comment. I'm looking at it right now. There, I don't see them doing PG because if you want PG. You turn the show on Monday night on USA or go on Fox on Friday night and watch LA night. Okay. But no, so <laughs> WWE, very watered down. WWE is like, to me, in some aspects, a flat Diet Coke. And I love my Diet Coke. It, it's like a flat Diet Coke or it's bad coffee. And I say bad coffee because it's very watered down. And again, they've got more sponsors. You've got Linda McMahon's, you know, set it run from years ago. You've got all the negative publicity for WWE. So, of course, they're going to tone it down. I One thing that I do like about AEW is I feel that there's a little bit more creative freedom. You know, Edge, Edge there, I call him Edge. There you go. Dropping the F-bomb on Christian. I was like, whoa. I, I never thought I'd see that. But then also too, just, you know, some of the other stuff that you've got in there, like you've got Mox Bleeding, you've got Daddy Magic, who I think is hysterical. Um, things like that. The acclaimed, yeah, Connor, you're absolutely right. They would have fit in well back in the Attitude Area. And some of the stuff that they're saying, I'm like, cover your ears. Uh, my nanny kid, she's three. She knows Wednesday's Wardlow. She knows that Wardlow's my favorite. So I've kind of showed her clips. I'm a bad nanny. I've kind of showed her some clips that are okay. I mean, she's three. I can teach her about wrestling now. But still, I do, I, I feel like if AEW watered down their product, it would make it less intriguing. And it's intriguing because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what they're going to say. And it's better than having something watered down that's heavily scripted because it leaves no use to the imagination. No, and I, I go back. Yeah. 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 No, and I agree. No, and I agree. And actually, two of the comments that just popped up from Oliver and Davis said, you know, that WWE is starting to, to get more edgy now. Um, but, but, but like you guys said, uh, I don't see AEW changing. I, I would like to see it where we get the blood, but not an excessive amount of it. Uh, I, I think it's okay yeah. to get some blood spots and everything like that. Obviously, in Texas death matches, it's fine for as much as you bleed. Um, but, you know, and they've kind of cut it down a little bit where Moxley doesn't bleed every match now. Um, yeah. I think for yeah. me, I, I'm, I'm a big Mox fan, but I feel I like Mox. me... Like, that was too much. Like, uh, Mox does not need to bleed every single match. You know, I get it. You know, the guy's edgy. He can do it. Um, but I, I, I get it. Um, and people saying, well, WWE is starting to get more edgy. Just by its slight margin. They're not going to go as edgy as what AEW is doing right now um, because of the audience they're trying to keep. Um, and so, now they're going to – yeah, go ahead, Mark. Because I want to ask a question uh, – when was the last time somebody bled in in WWE? It was um, not Survivor Series, but what was the last pay per view? It was it was with Kevin Owens. Um, it, was a, it was a mess. SummerSlam, maybe. I know Kevin Owens did something here recently. He was he was bloodied up. He was a mess. Yeah, yeah, it was Kevin Owens that got yeah. bloodied up. Yeah, 
It was, was the last one. It was, Wait, it was when was this? It was the pay per view right before Survivor Series. SummerSlam. No, uh, no Crown Jewel. Was it, was it or, or No Mercy? Might have been Crown Jewel, maybe, or was it No Mercy? I don't know if anybody knows. You guys post in the comments. Put, but go ahead, because I want to see that. Because I want to see that. Man. Okay, but go ahead. Uh, go back. Connor. Oh no, because uh, I was saying. Uh, oh, 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 yeah, Adam, my bad, my bad. Yeah, no, no, because I was saying I was I was agreeing with with you know all of you guys about it. It's just, it's more so that AEW is a certain product, and they're going for a certain demographic. And then you have WWE who has a certain demographic. They have families. They have parents with young kids that want to come to these shows. Now, some of us older older folks like. We remember those days where WWE was edgy. You know, the attitude mm-hmm. era. Hell, even the even the, the the renaissance of the aggressive era. You know, ruthless aggression. We still had blood and all that stuff. You know, like it, it was to an extreme to some point. But now it is watered down, and there are some comedy aspects to WWE now. You don't see a lot of comedy stuff in AEW. Uh, which is crazy because there is a lot of humor in AEW that a lot of people don't understand. Like, <laughs> Except Danhausen. Yeah, Danhausen's great. Oh my I mean, god, love him. But Danhausen is one of those guys, and, and, and talk about it, is someone reinventing themselves. You know, like if a lot of people don't know, Danhausen started as just Dan Donovan Danhausen. He didn't have the makeup on. He was just a wrestler, but he wanted to change his gimmick. That's when he came up with the very nice, very evil character of Danhausen. And it kind of reinvented his whole career. Um, we're in AEW. A, a lot of people do that. We could point out Chris Jericho has went through a lot of changes mm-hmm. in his character development. Hey, hey Adam, Adam let, let, me, let, me, let me put this one out there, Adam. Let me put this out there. I saw, I saw this comment. I saw this comment. And somebody said, we need to realize that CM Punk, John Moxley, MJF, are not true baby face he uh are not true baby faces and the one that is the true baby face of aew is hangman adam page and he said the, the quicker we realize this the quicker we can get done with it can we throw that out there and let's see what the let, let, let's talk about this one and let's see can we can we dissect this one for a bit and, and yeah no and this will be our last thing to talk about on it too is that is that yes you you talk about and we talk about faces and heels and, and you talk about CM Punk and all these guys and Chris Jericho. To me, I, I kind of compare it to, to superhero stuff, to, to, to comic book stuff. Like CM Punk and Chris Jericho, mostly CM Punk, because I, obviously I, I like CM Punk. But he's not a hero. He's not a villain. He's an anti-hero. That, right. That's what he is. He's a Deadpool yeah. is basically yes. what CM Punk is. CM exactly. Punk is, is a Deadpool. You know, whereas someone like Hangman Page is like a Batman. Or, you know, or like a Superman, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the main hero, you know, but no, I like this take on it, Mark, because, you know, especially and you have this divided wrestling community who want to dissect every little thing and kind of divide and, and separate everybody. And what we're not realizing is it's still entertainment. We we call it pro wrestling. You everybody else calls it entertainment. It is pro wrestling entertainment to me, is what I call it. Um, right. And that's for me watching it as a as a young kid during the Attitude Era, you know. So I'm like, I grew up with pro wrestling entertainment. You know, I didn't grow up with this sports entertainment kind of stuff. You know, so um, 
I, I like that question on it and, and people want to get in on that, then, then yeah, by all means, please. Um, Connor, I mean, from what Mark just asked, I mean, the true face, do, do you feel like people can't perceive a true face or a true heel? Yeah, MJF's the heel. He'll never be a face. That's what I, that's what I feel like one thing that's wrong with the AW part of right now is MJF. He's, he, he's not a face. He's not, and he can't be, because he's such a good heel that, you know, he, he just can't play that babyface role. Like, he he made people hate him, and they come to the shows to literally hate on him. Like, there's a fan uh, that tried to jump to go over at one time, and we've had one on here that doesn't like Chris, doesn't like MJF all too well. Like, MJF made a lot of people mad that would come to the show just to boo him. Uh, but someone like Hangman, I would say possibly a heel, I mean, a, a face. I think the true baby face of AEW was probably Cody Rhodes because he was always in these feuds and he was always, uh, I don't know, like the true baby face of AEW, I guess you'd say, with TNT Championship stuff, with the feuds he was in. It always seemed like he was, the, you know, the true baby face of the company. Uh, but Hangman right now currently, yeah. He hasn't really turned heel in AEW, I don't feel. He's, he's always been face, right? He's a, a, he's teased going heel, but he's never really done it. Uh, right. Yeah, right now I'd say Hangman is the only true uh, face, I guess you'd say. I mean, even in that story of where he rejoined the Elite, they were supposed to be the baby faces in that story um, yeah. against the Blackpool Combat Club. Um, Danny, as far as that take-wise, um, as far as what uh, kind of coming off what Connor said, um, do you think there's an unbalanced um, or good balance of faces and heels in, in not only AEW, just professional wrestling? Um, honestly, true heel, no. And when I think true heel, I think of the late, great Nick Bockwinkle. Bockwinkle was, oh my God, he, he was just like one of the guys that you believed that that's who he was in real life. You believed that he was this rich, pompous, arrogant jerk that just, oh, my God. And the way he delivered a promo, watch some of his promos. You're just like, there was, like, no emotion, no, like, intensity with the promos. It was very smooth, very deliverable. Ultimate heel manager we know, the brain, Bobby Heenan. That, that's, Bobby Heenan could never play a face. I, I don't even, I can't even see it. Um, True heel... Rock. Rock plays a great heel. Uh, another true heel that I would say now um, that should be a heel is I'm going to say Max. Well, I, I call him Max, but MJF. He is what I call this generation's Nick Bockwinkle with a Bobby the Brain Heenan. And if you cloned Nick Bockwinkle and you cloned Bobby Heenan, you'd have Max, MJF. He's that good at what he does. I like him as a face, but he just plays that arrogant rich kid so well to a T that that makes me wonder if he's like that in real life as well. Another um good heel, Jericho can play Jericho plays a better heel than he does a face, but somebody that needs to be a consistent heel um is I would say Wardlow. He's just and I use him one because he's my favorite, but two, he's the guy that they had as a monster heel, the strong silent bodyguard type. They turned him into a face. The guy is too nice 
to be considered, and he really is one of the sweetest people on the planet. He just cannot play that base role, make him heal. Um, today, I feel like in AEW, they blend. They blend together for some reason to me. Like, um, obviously, I'm not an elite fan. I didn't know that the elite were supposed to be faces. I couldn't tell. I was thinking they were heels. Blackpool, Blackpool Combat Club, are you guys faces or heels? I can't tell the difference. So I feel like for me... I'm watching AEW. I'm like, oh, are you a face this week or a heel this week? But alt, but the second ultimate heel, and I don't even know if he kept the Gators on Ric Flair. The Ric Flair promo when he was talking about he couldn't keep the Gators on. One of my favorite ones to this day. And I actually always have had a thing for bad boys, and I had a thing for Flair when I was a kid as a heel. Well, I you're, yeah, you're not, but I don't know if you're 20, I don't know if you're 22 or through 28 right now because that's what he goes for now. So yeah. um, <laughs> I know I didn't even know about this comment. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, no. Yeah, so no. the Ric Flair is a completely different topic, yeah. uh, completely for me and for this show because yeah. there's a lot of things <laughs> I can say about that man. But yeah. um, no, I totally agree. Um, when you look at the landscape of pro wrestling today. Um, there, there is not really a good balance of heels and faces. And then those of who should be heels, uh, that are faces or those that are faces that should be heels. Um, obviously if anyone interested, we, we do have episodes where we talk about, um, either a character change or turning someone face or heel. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll get to more of those later. Um, but obviously, you know, that's a topic for another day, but, Overall, when we're talking about the, the progression of AEW, um, yeah, I guess we could say to sum up this episode, it, there is there was a big change from that first episode of what AEW was to what it is today. Um, people have come and gone. People have, um, people have signed that we didn't expect to sign. Um, we've had matches that we didn't expect to see in AEW. We've had wrestlers in AEW we didn't expect to see, and we didn't expect to see to go. Um, so I also, do want to also, yes, Mark, uh, go ahead. Also, we had fans that weren't friends, they grew into fans and have been, you know, pretty much longtime fans now. Um, from that, you know, uh, just jumping into that, just wanted to delve into that. No, and and you know what, that that, that that's, that's a great thing to, to finish up on is that comment is that, yeah, we do have people again, we talk about on this show all the time about you know, people that you know support one and want to bash the other, uh, and I mean, Connor, Mark, and Danny, I'm sure you've seen from past episodes my take on the whole community. I, I'm sick of the negativity. Uh, I've had to left three more groups today because I was sick of the people, tribalism, and attacking other people for their views on certain products. Um, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's very toxic, and I don't like it. You know, it's you, you like what you like. Uh, don't bash the other competition. It's, it's so sad when you see people hoping another competition goes out of business. Why do you want people to lose their jobs? Um, and obviously, I don't see AEW going anywhere. They're not going out of business. WWE is definitely not going out of business. Heck, look at someone like Impact. Impact's been around since mid two thousands. They're still going. You know? Right, and nobody, and nobody, nobody, nobody tries to say anything about about Impact. Right? It's always about AEW and WWE now. Yeah, and that's and, the and, thing. And, and, and and nobody and nobody bashes a uh, uh, TNA. Nobody bashes them, right? It's always between these two guys, and we're we're and like me and Connor, like you know, for us, 
you know, I know Connor starts, uh, you know, he, he kind of started watching, you know, a little bit of WWE now, but Connor doesn't, you know, what Connor does, he, Connor, he criticizes, but he doesn't bash on it. He's like, he's telling you a thing that he wants. He's not telling you that it's shitty. He's saying what he should, what you should do differently. And you know what the funny thing is? Is that Tony Khan pretty much listens to, 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 to Connor at this point. I'm going to tell you right now. Like, he pretty much listens to Connor. Hey, Connor, and I got to tell you. So, you saw, right? So, now we got, he was, he was begging, he was begging Tony Khan for Abaddon to be on TV. Now she's on TV yeah. every week. <laughs> Dude, that is not a coincidence. This is not the first time. This is not the first time that Connor's done something like that. So where yeah. he that he's influenced on but I wanted to tell you, Connor, is that I was when I was watching this past episode, when we were watching one of our episodes of the show and when they were doing the the, the Intercontinental Classic, I said they need a they need to put on a timer. They need to say somebody say something about that timer. If there's oh, there's 10 minutes left. There's five because there's it's a 20 minute timer, right? And then what happens? All of a sudden. Uh, you got what's his name out there? Uh, 15 minutes or, or five minutes left. The 15 minutes is done, five minutes left. And I'm like, oh, that's that's because of Connor. I was like, because because <laughs> Tony Khan listens to Connor. So, Tony uh, Connor basically works, Tony Connor basically works for Tony Khan, but for free. He needs to figure <laughs> that out and he needs to figure it out because he needs to start getting paid because it's not fair. I used to work with uh, I'm not gonna say who I used to work for, Adam knows. Yeah, I know yeah. you were. Yeah, or you, I, I used to work for. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, Connor. That's a funny thing is why Connor started this pot. I mean, because he understands the business probably more than all all three of us right now. I mean, we know. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I know history about pro wrestling just because I've been watching it so long. Um, from what I my take with Danny, right. she knows the history of pro wrestling. I mean, dropping <laughs> dropping drop drop that name. <laughs> On tonight's episode, uh, just just blew my mind when you said it. I was like, "Oh my god!" What name? Uh, Winkle. Oh um, yeah. yeah. When you dropped Winkle's name, I was like, "Holy crap! That's a name from the past I've not heard in forever." I um, I should be working for AEW. Yeah. If I was, you don't want to give me a microphone because somebody would get a really good promo but no and i just wanted adam that's a good point too like i'm in a couple of the groups and i literally made one comment and what, what was it that i said i said something about hey kookamonga because i called them the kookamonga cabbage patch kids or the kookamonga oh. children's club and jp jack perry take what punk's gonna sh something about punk showing you what to do or take a lesson that you could be at a level of punk. And when I say the level of punk, I'm talking about because he's a draw. He, he's like ratings. He, he draws people in and people are like, well, there's something wrong with you. If you used to like the elite and don't like them anymore. No, I, I just, I lost interest in them. It's what happens when a character stale. I don't want AEW to fail, but there, there are a ton of improvements they need to make if they want to do something with that business and go a little bit further than what they are. And I totally see your point, Adam. Adam, sorry, I had to do it, but I totally see your point because it, it's almost like people are joining the groups and they don't know the history of pro wrestling. 
Like I had somebody like the, um, the, uh, Logan Paul, I go put Logan Paul in a ring with LA Knight. Some, somebody goes, Oh, well he'd beat, he, Oh, he would beat LA Knight. Like he beat Mysterio. And I responded back. What are you 12? Even my nephew doesn't like Logan Paul and he's 14. So it's like <laughs> before you post, learn your, your history. And I grew up watching this from when I was a little kid. My grandmother got me into it. Not the thing that a child like myself with ADHD and autism should watch, but I still watch it at an age where some kids, you know, when they're 12, 13, 14, 15, you know, start outgrowing it because they differentiate fantasy from reality. I chose to keep watching it because my grandmother got me into it and it makes me feel close to my grandmother. Yeah, no, obviously. I mean, we, we had this episode uh, talking about how we got into pro wrestling and all this stuff. Um, but that that's for me, that that's a great way to end this episode is talking about how we should just enjoy the product regardless of what it is um, and not divide each other. Um, again, thank you guys for joining us tonight. Uh, it was, it was it's definitely an honor to have you guys always on this episode, on the show with us talking about AEW, talking about pro wrestling. I, it's one of my favorite things I do every week. Um, Connor can contest to that. Uh, he knows I love doing this stuff. It's, it's what draws me away from real life. Um, mm -hmm. Again, uh, everybody listening, um, uh, make sure you guys, you know, like, subscribe, share with friends. You know, we're on YouTube. We're on Twitch. Uh, we're on Spotify. Uh, we got a lot of things coming up. Uh, we got actually uh, Connor can say it uh, for next week's episode. Connor, do you want to give everybody what's up for next week? Yeah, it was supposed to be this week's episode. Uh, hopefully we can do it next week. Uh, but the plan is for our two-year anniversary of the All Elite Zone. Uh, that was supposed to be planned tonight, but things happened. Next week, hopefully we can do that. Uh, either way, we're going to do it next week. Uh, hopefully we can have some names on that a lot of people have been asking about that I want to bring back. Uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of packages packages that we've made a few weeks ago that we've gotten ready for this episode for this reu for this anniversary. Uh, we have like our best debut reactions. Uh, we have a lot of those and the best funniest moments. Uh, there's a lot of those uh, that consists of uh, one person, which is Chris. A lot of them. It wasn't even supposed to be funny. You just come off funny. Uh, but we have a lot of good categories. We have a lot of good uh, stuff we'll talk about next week for our second year anniversary. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely uh, come by next week. The way yeah. I know people, they'll want to tune in for that. <laughs> no, yeah, we're definitely excited for that. Um, oh, I know I've been with you guys for Connor for almost maybe a year, year and a half. I've been with yeah. you guys almost. Um, so I've I've truly enjoyed it. Um, again, uh, I want to thank uh, Connor, our wonderful producer. I want to say thank Marky Mark all the way from Texas. Um, hopefully, you know, next time your uh, uh, system works and Texas doesn't shut off all your power. Uh, Danny, always a pleasure for having you on. Uh, hey, they just raised our power. What's up? What do you uh, say? They just, they just, uh, the city council, the city council just approved a rate to raise our uh, electricity rates. So. Oh, sweet, hey. cool. Uh, <laughs> but uh, again, yeah, again, you guys, can, yeah, again, more electricity. <laughs> again, you guys can follow us uh, again on. You know, Twitter, Facebook, uh, 
Twitch, Spotify, all this stuff. Um, and yes, uh, we have great videos on our pages. Uh, we have great interviews with wrestlers. Uh, we've got a lot of interviews, like like Connor said, he's got a lot planned. Uh, we're very excited for what uh, the new 2024 will not only bring to us as a channel, but also uh, what brings for pro wrestling in 2024. That includes every promotion, not just AEW, even though we're AEW loyalists. We, we do watch other products and we also keep mm-hmm. up with them. So we will talk about them. Um, is there anything else anybody wants to say before we... I'll go off this one comment. Uh, the craziest stuff you've seen was, guess that's right towards me, Connor. It says, well, it says Connor, yeah, or, but I'm pretty sure that's you. Connor. Uh, right, yeah. uh, Danny might know this, but I'm sure you all know. Uh, I was a wrestler for Reed for, still am, kind of, I guess. Uh, I was a part of a booking team. I was part of a lot of stuff like that. The craziest stuff I've seen was uh, refereeing a match in a legit fight in the ring. Eh, and you're refereeing the match and you see two guys actually swinging at each other. And, you know, the ma- match is over. And then you go to the back and uh, let's say someone cuts off a body part, I guess I'd say. That's the craziest thing I've ever seen. You want to talk about dark side of the ring stuff? That's some of the dark side of the ring stuff I've ever witnessed. Someone cutting off someone. Hey. Just oh. talk about. Hey, it's we, not should, what you we should do. A, we should do. Hey, we should do a, a separate because they're only doing mainstream stuff. Let's do like indie stuff, Connor. Like let's do an indie. Uh, Some of the stuff is too dark for YouTube, shit. probably. Yeah, I, uh, we'll think about it, Mark. Maybe we'll, we'll put that in our back pocket and maybe do it. Maybe. Oh, and also, uh, hey, I'm game. Refereeing a boogeyman's match. That's one of the craziest things I've ever experienced. Refereeing the boogeyman. Uh, I, I'll never do that again, probably. He's creepy. Uh, he he was creepy. He's insane for real. I thought <laughs> I Packer fans scare me, and they do. I'm a Bear fan. I was raised right, thank God. Uh, Packer fans scare me. The Kardashians scare me. Um, the Jugers scare me. Well, and they're scary enough as it is. But mm-hmm. Boogeyman just oh that that just creeps me out. That that's as like creepy as. The movie Carrie in the end, when she's on the stage and she's covered in blood, that's creepy AF. Like, Boogeyman is actually his character. He is that. He he, he plays the part. Like, the dude, like, he picks up a grab of worms and throws it at the crowd. And then he eats the thing. Like, he's a real worm. Like, And then the next day, we had to go to the building to clean up and... You don't want to know that smell. I remember but, you told me this story, Connor. Yeah, you told me this. Yeah, yeah, whole, yeah, he told, yeah whole, he told me this one the, too. I know this one too. The whole mat had to be burned. The whole rope, everything was like you couldn't get the smell out of the mat. And who wants to go, go to a show that the mat smells like worms? Dead I'm, worms. I'm about, I'm about to worms. burn it. Okay, we got <laughs> I hear, you know what? I guess we're going to end I on guess my Connor's story about the. Um, the worms actually my story about picking up poop on a classroom well, floor in a one-year-old room bare hands mind you that's that's not the <laughs> i don't and, know if that's just and, as and bad spe- speaking about that shit uh we're gonna end <laughs> <laughs> again thank you guys for joining us tonight uh, uh, uh please share this episode with your friends and uh, my God, if there's nothing else, uh, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, Connor, be ready to exit uh, because, as always, and good night.
hey, hey, hey. Uh, for everybody, just don't forget, tune in with us tomorrow. We got an uh, episode. Oh, of yes. Dynamite. Thank you. I mean, an uh, episode of Rampage tomorrow night, uh, 9 p.m. Central Time, 10 p.m. Central. I mean, 10 p.m. Uh, Eastern. And then we got uh, a whole episode of a crazy, crazy, crazy episode of Collision on Saturday night. So don't forget to tune in that with us. We're going to have our live Dynamite reactions. And if y'all tune into this and y'all watch that, throw us the questions if y'all have some more. That if y'all don't, if y'all don't get to ask them on this, ask them on that tomorrow and ask them on that on, on Sunday. But other than that, we will see y'all guys. I'm going to let Connor send us off. Because <laughs> we're, 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 we're done with this shit. Yeah, no, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. All right. And there's always good night. Let Connor send us off. Let Connor send us off. I uh, will see you guys tomorrow night for Rampage. Good night. Oh, there you go.